We meet today in Psalm chapter 90 to chapter 93. But this section actually brings us to the numbers section of the Psalms and the whole section covering Psalm 90 all the way to Psalm 106 is the peril and protection. And the view we have here is the view of the earth. The fourth section of the book of Numbers in the Pentateuch of the Psalm is this particular section that is being opened by Psalm 90. It opens with a prayer of Moses. It is the only Psalm of Moses that we have. Moses was the first writer of the Bible, and you would naturally think that this Psalm would be the first one. Actually, that's not the way it was arranged, however. The book of Numbers records the great tragedy of a generation dying in the wilderness, never reaching the goal which was the promised land. And how appropriate it is to begin this number section with Psalm 90, the prayer of Moses. The setting of this psalm is out there on the desert during Israel's wanderings. You recall that when the people of Israel came from the bondage of Egypt, they were led first to Mount Sinai, where God gave them the law. Then they went up to enter the promised land, but instead of entering it, they turned back to that frightful desert. For 48 years, they wandered in the desert until that generation died. Moses saw a lot of people die, over two million of them, and this psalm is the psalm of death. Actually, Martin Luther wrote, just as Moses acts in teaching the law, so does he in this psalm. For he preaches death, sin, and condemnation in order that he may alarm the proud who are secure in their sins, and that he may set before their eyes their sin and evil. My friend, that is the teaching of this psalm. Notice how majestic and sublime it is as it opens. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Psalm 90 verse 1 to verse 2. The word everlasting is actually figurative here in the Hebrew. It means from the vanishing point to the vanishing point. You see, God is from the vanishing point in the past, and he reaches to the vanishing point in eternity future. Just as far as you can see from the vanishing point to the vanishing point, he is still God. Isn't that amazing, my friend? Even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. How majestic is this thought? Man is just one of God's creatures, an offspring, as it were. And in the book of Genesis, Moses wrote, So God created men in his own image. In the image of God created he them, male and female created he them. Genesis 1 verse 27. Then in Genesis 2 verse 7, Moses said, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. 
You see, this psalm regards man as a created being, not as an evolved animal. He is a creature in a class by himself. He has a body that was taken from the ground, a body by which he is going to earn his living down here on earth by the sweat of his brow until the day comes when the same body returns to the dust out of which God created it. That's the picture of a man given in Psalm 90. Listen to this. You turn men to destruction and say, Return all children of men. That's verse 3 of Psalm 90. You see, God returns men's frail body to the dust, saying, Go back to where you came from. Listen to this word again. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday, then it is past, and like a watch in the night. Psalm 90 verse 40. Men's life is fleeting and brief in contrast to the eternity of God. Peter alludes to this verse in Second Peter 3 verse 8. And he was speaking in reference to the promise of Christ's return, you see. But life is so brief compared to eternity. You carry them away like a flood. They are like a sleep. In the morning they are like grass which grows up. In the morning it flourishes and grows up. In the evening it is cut down and withers. Psalm 90 verse 5 to verse 6. You see, this is the picture of human beings. And this is a picture of man. In the wilderness, Moses saw over one million people die. He saw that picture accurately. He probably attended more funerals than anyone else. Man's body was taken from the ground and Moses saw that body put back into the ground from which it had come from. And he said, it is like the grass that grows up in the morning, it flourishes and grows up. In the evening, it is cut down and it withers. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. Psalm 90 verse 8. Actually, Dr. Lewis Sperry Schaeffer said that the secret sin on earth is open scandal in heaven. The angels are watching you. They see what you do down here on earth. And my friend, that is a sober thought. There is nothing that is hidden from the presence of God. For all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. Psalm 90 verse 9. You see, in the Hebrew, this verse is figurative. We spend our years as a mourn. We go through life mourning. If you do not know the Savior today and have no hope for eternity, you just don't have anything to live for, do you? You don't have purpose in life or any direction, and that's the description of life apart from God. The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 8 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Psalm 90 verse 10. My friend, if you live for 8 years, it is going to be an uphill all the way. We talk about coming to the sunset of life, but that is when you start going uphill, not downhill. We just pass our days as a morn. It is well to have a future 
And that is what the believer has when a believer puts his trust in Christ. The days of our life are very short. Because of that, Moses continues to say, So, teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You see, the emphasis here is upon the frugal use of years, and not upon the number of years. Usefulness surpasses longevity. The psalmist here pleads for discernment in ordering his days. You see, it is Christ who is made to us wisdom. We read in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom, and that wisdom is in accepting Christ in the short days of life that we have. If you have Christ, you have wisdom and hope. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Psalm 90, verse 17. My friend, Moses out there in the desert, pausing day after day in the wilderness march, and there he was bearing someone. He got a perspective on life that many of us do not have. The perspective that he got was that God is sovereign, and it is only the beauty of the Lord that will make a difference when that beauty is upon the people. And when God's work is established in our hands, yes, that makes a difference. What a beautiful and a practical psalm this is, Psalm 90. We move on to Psalm 91. Now, that psalm is a song of life and light. As Psalm 90 was a psalm of death, so Psalm 91 is a psalm of life. It is a messianic psalm and it gives a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, it reveals a wonderful place of protection and security for us, the children of God. It is a psalm that is very popular among God's people, both old and young, of all ages. Many have been greatly blessed by it. Certainly, I have found comfort and blessing from this psalm. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Psalm 91 verse 1 to verse 2. My friend, this is beautiful language. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. The one who is depicted for us in these verses is the same man who was the blessed man in Psalm 1, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect, holy, sinless man. He always dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Here is Psalm 91, verse 3 to verse 8. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. 
A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. This is a wonderful scripture. Actually, Dr. A.C. Gablain, a Bible teacher, had to say this about this passage, and I would like to quote that for you as we try to understand what the psalmist is talking about. He says, Let us think of himself first of all. There was no sin in him, and that which is the result of sin, disease and death, and no claim on him. In every way he was the perfect man, and because he trusted in God his Father, he walked in perfect obedience. The great fowler, Satan could not catch him, nor the pestilence of destruction covered by his feathers under his wings. The perfect man on earth found his constant refuge. He knew no fear. That which befell others could never come near nigh unto him, and his own follow him in the life of trust and obedience, claiming also the preservation and protection. Indeed, that is a description of the perfect man who walked here on earth, Jesus Christ. Well, Dr. Gablin continues actually to say, Yet how true it is, our body is dead on account of sin. Fanaticism may make claim to all these statements as having an absolute meaning for the trusting child of God. Experience teaches often the opposite. Because we are failing and erring creatures of the dust, we need discipline and have to pass through the test of faith. Yet in it all, the believer can be in perfect peace, knowing that all is well. Though he slay me, yet I will trust is the summit of true faith and confidence in God. These words are appropriate. That is quite a wonderful statement, and it describes the Lord. Yet it also helps us to know our trust, our confidence in God can also be the same as what Jesus Christ did. Psalm 91 verse 9 to verse 10 says, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. You see, this pictures Christ. Again you hear, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Psalm 91, verse 11 to verse 12. You see, this is the passage that the devil quoted. And the interesting thing is that Satan knew this psalm applied to the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew something a lot of theologians do not know today. During the Lord's temptation, Satan said, For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. You see, this statement is actually recorded in Luke chapter 4, verse 10. It seems that the devil quotes scripture for his purpose. Well, I don't think he can quote it, but he can misquote it. And in this case, that is just what he did. He misquoted the scriptures. He left out the words in all your ways. 
You see, the promise is, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And Satan, what did he do? He misquoted the scripture. Now in verse 14, there are two becauses. The word because are mentioned too, and that is very important. Listen to this. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Psalm 91 verse 14 and 15. You see here the perfect man went into the jaws of death. He went down into the lowest parts of the earth, which meant death and the grave. Deliverance came on the third day when God raised Christ from the dead and gave him glory. God says, I will set him on high. What a picture we have of Christ painted here in this psalm. We move on to Psalm 92. Psalm 92 is a wonderful psalm. It is a song of praise for the Sabbath day. This psalm bears the inscription, a psalm or song for the Sabbath day. It is a song of praise that naturally follows a messianic psalm. It tells of praise and worship and adoration. That's what the Sabbath was given for. However, worship in this psalm is connected with an earthly sanctuary and actually looks forward to the day when once again an earthly sanctuary will be established in Jerusalem and God's redeemed people will worship there. The worship of believers today is a little bit different. We read in John chapter 4, uh, verse 21 to verse 23, Believers are now made a kingdom of priests unto God, and they are not to save him in an earthly sanctuary, but to worship him, how? In spirit and in truth. Psalm 92 opens on a glorious note. Listen to this. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Psalm 92 verse 1. Do you want to do a good thing today? Do you want to do a good turn? All right. Give thanks to the Lord right now wherever you are and sing praises to his name. It is a good thing. To declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. Psalm 92 verse 2. You can thank God in the morning. You can thank him at noonday. You can thank him at night for his loving kindness and faithfulness. At night when you go to bed, you can take time to thank God for his faithfulness in bringing you through the day. It is wonderful to have a God who will do that. Sense, a senseless man does not know, nor does a fool understand this. Psalm 92 verse 6. You see, there is a word, a senseless man. Senseless people, they do not know or understand God's loving kindness or his faithfulness. You see, this is a millennial psalm which looks forward to the future when the time of worship will once again be on the sabbath day and at that time senseless people will not understand but you lord are on high forevermore psalm 92 verse 8 
as I said, this psalm is a great millennial psalm. But some verses look back in retrospect to earthly conditions. Man is pictured as brutish. He does not walk uprightly. That is what man does. Man does not look up to God. He thinks he does, but he does not. He actually looks down and grovels in the filth of sin. Man is a fool or a senseless person. He lacks good sense. He cannot understand because God says, His foolish heart was darkened, as we read in Romans 1 verse 21. So the senseless man denies God, and he lives like a brute, like an animal, like a pig, like a dog. Many people live as though God does not exist. They just eat and sleep and rest and play and work. That's it. That's life for them. And that psalm is describing what man is like. But that is a picture of the ungodly. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Psalm 92 verse 12. Quite the opposite. The righteous shall flourish. And the palm tree has been an emblem of victory. And the cedar tree denotes strength and seriousness. This is a picture of the righteous who are walking in fellowship with God even today, who will walk in fellowship with God even in the millennial kingdom. Psalm 93 is a wonderful psalm again. It is a millennial psalm of sheer praise. It is a brief psalm with only five verses. This little psalm Tagged between Psalm 92 and 94 is a song of praise because the king is reigning. It is a millennial kingdom psalm and speaks of the Lord Jesus who has come to reign gloriously over the earth. Listen to this. The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded himself with the strength. Surely the world is established so that it cannot be moved. Psalm 93 verse 1. Now, the Lord reigns is a wonderful phrase. That Lord reigns is referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is clothed with majesty. You see, this psalm will really have meaning when Jesus Christ comes on the earth. The second time, all rebellious opposition will be broken down and all those who have opposed God will be dethroned on the earth and God reigns. That's why it begins. The Lord reigns and indeed he reigns. What else does the psalm say? The floods have lifted up. Oh Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. Psalm 93 verse 3. The flood tide of sin is over. Satan's head has been crushed. That is a wonderful picture of what the millennium will be like. Once again, we read, The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. Your testimonies are very sure. Holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. Psalm 93 verse 4 to verse 5. You see, this psalm of the divine kingdom, this psalm describes the divine kingdom, almost like what we saw in chapter 47. It speaks prophetically of the time 
when the Lord Jesus will rule on the earth in the person of the Messiah. And the Lord's kingship is described in verse 1. It is also revealed in nature as verse 3 and verse 4 says. And it, the, his kingship also is present in his house, which is the temple, as we see in verse 5. So what a wonderful time of rejoicing this will be when we meet with the Lord in his sanctuary and praise him. Please note in that brief psalm, the Lord's kingship described in verse 1, the Lord's kingship revealed in nature, verse 3 and verse 4, and his presence or his kingship's presence is also found in his temple in verse 5. May God bless you as you meditate and think about these things. I would hasten to end by saying, Sila. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code 27 followed by 72641-4475. From within South Africa, it's 072-641-4475.